2: Insider, the show that takes you inside the great Northwest Athletic Conference. Hear from student-athletes, coaches, and administrators from one of the premier conferences in Division 2. Now, here's your host, Rob Lowry.
3: From Portland, Oregon to Seattle, Washington, and from Billings, Montana to wherever it is you may be listening, welcome to GNAC Insider your weekly look at the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. And boy, oh boy, do we have a big show for you tonight. Coming up a little later, Seattle Pacific track and field head coach Carl Liram is going to be joining us. We're also going to hear from Concordia's women's basketball head coach Sean Kelly. Seattle Pacific rower, rower? That's right. First ever rower on GNAC Insider. Jillian Edgar is going to join us a little bit later tonight, but... Right off the top of the program tonight, it is my absolute pleasure to be joined by the Commissioner of the Great Northwest Athletic Conference, Mr. Dave Hagland, joining us tonight. And Commissioner, we had some big news on the football front this week as it was announced that the Great Northwest Athletic Conference and the Lone Star Conference will begin a new football alliance. Talk a little bit, if you would, about how that, uh, how that came together, because that had to be a, a really, uh, I would think, a difficult task to coordinate all the different schools and the travel and this and that and come to an agreement on how to put this thing together, which is really, I think, going to be a boon, not only for GNAC football, but for Lone Star football as well.
4: Well, thanks, Rob, for having me on. And yeah, uh, this alliance, uh, the announcement we made last week, is a significant development significant for both conferences, actually, and uh, we began working on this uh, over a year ago. Uh, Jay Perner, the commissioner of the Lone Star, myself, and then uh, some athletic directors uh, from each of the conferences uh, formed a sub to, um, to work out the kinks on what we were going to do and make it work, uh, but at the end of the day, uh, late this fall, uh, we found the solution, uh, a solution for both conferences, and so uh, this is very much a win-win deal for the GNAC and the Lone Star.
3: When did this begin to uh, to take effect? I mean, I'm a, I'm assuming discussions on this have been underway for for uh, for a number of months, correct? It
4: has, uh, and actually, uh, I first met Jay when he took over as the Lone Star Conference Commissioner. I think our uh, NCAA convention was in January 2015 in Washington D.C. And he and I met at that time on, on this very same concept. And uh, both of us were extremely intrigued and, and excited about it and thought we might have something ready that we could introduce uh, by the 2016 season. But in uh, the spring of 2015, I remember being at our softball championships and uh, came over the ticker that uh, Western New Mexico uh, left the RMAC for the Lone Star. And so that changed uh, the membership makeup for Lone Star Football and really put uh, the notion, the idea that me and Jay had for an alliance for starting in 2016 to bed. And so it wasn't until uh, a year ago that uh, we revived these discussions because it made more sense uh, with the, the current makeup uh, of both conferences. Yeah,
3: well, it's interesting you bring that up because that that is something I wanted to delve in uh, to you with uh, for just a moment. And th- this isn't all that new in terms of teams from each conference playing each other. Uh, I know that Central Washington and Western Oregon have played West Texas A&M and, and Tarleton, I think, is another one from that conference that has, has, has made a trip up north and vice versa as well. So some of the teams have already been scheduling uh, non-conference games. How is this different from that non-conference type scheduling, and how does it benefit both of these conferences?
4: Well, what's different is uh, this alliance, it's for the 2020 and 2021 seasons, and uh, the two conferences came together and agreed we're going to play 26 non-conference games over those two years. So that's 13 non-conference games each season. And you're right, Uh, we do have a history um, of playing Lone Star teams, but uh, those have all been one-offs. that are negotiated uh, AD to AD uh, and no formalized approach from a conference level in generating those um, non-league games. So uh, this is quite different in that we looked at uh, both of our uh, schedules overall for all of our teams and figured how can we best – collaborate to fill all these um, challenges that both conferences have in scheduling. So the GNAC's, uh scheduling issue is it has four teams and plays a double round robin. So that's six conference games for each team, but that leaves either four or five non-conference games, depending on whether a team wants to play a 10 or 11 uh, game schedule. Well, four or five non-conference games, uh, is uh, a, a terrific hole to fill, very, very, very hard, can be impossible uh, for some schools. So uh, this alliance plugs those holes for the GNAC. Uh, in 2020 and 2021, most of our teams are going to be playing 10 or 11 games. Some, some of our schools already have 11 games, so that's scheduling stability, and we were looking for that. The Lone Star um, had issues in weeks one and two where all nine of their teams uh, were open and then weeks three through eleven, the Lone Star has a rolling by, and, and you get that rolling by when uh, you only have uh, when you have an odd number of teams trying to play. So it, it really helps, and, and goes back to that win-win uh, uh, situation that uh, that we've developed here.
3: And quite frankly, and I don't want to put too fine a point on this, but this alliance—it's great for the GNAC, it's great for the Lone Star. But more importantly, it's great for the football players and for Division II football overall. Is that too strong of a statement?
4: No, and I've already heard uh, from some administrators uh, in the GNAC uh, as well as the Lone Star that, that feel this is, this is um, a great benefit for the student-athletes. Um, they're all in-region games, too, and uh, that's meaningful, uh, particularly to uh, the ratings process, which is used uh, to select the uh, the teams that advanced to postseason play. So um, while they're not conference games, uh, they're very, very important to the overall scheme of things in terms of postseason play.
3: Well, I am looking forward to this. Uh, I know that you say we're, we're still a year away from it, but when it goes into, uh, goes into full effect uh, in the 2020 season, it is going to be a very, very exciting time to be a football fan of all of the GNAC teams. Hey, Dave, as always, thank you very much for joining us, and hey, I look forward to seeing you next week at the, uh, at the men's and women's basketball tournament in Bellingham, and uh, I know you're going to be there, and we'll, we'll talk more then.
4: Sounds good. Thanks, Rob.
3: Dave Haglund, Commissioner of the Great Northwest Athletic Conference, joining us from Portland tonight. Well, from the football field, we are going to go into the water. What? (laughs) You'll find out. Stay around. GNAC Insider will resume right after this timeout. If I
2: lose, I'll respond with respect. If I win, I'll back it up with humility. If I fail, I'll rise
4: up with honor
2: student athletes work hard to be at the top of their game don't undo their hard work with poor sportsmanship please show respect to student athletes coaches officials and other fans respect is the name of the game welcome back to GNAC insider the show that takes you inside the NCAA's great Northwest Athletic Conference now
3: here's your host Rob Lowry We're breaking new ground on GNAC Insider tonight, and the person who is helping us to do just that is joining us now from Seattle, Jillian Edgar, Seattle Pacific Junior Rower. Yes, the first ever rower on GNAC Insider. Jillian, well, thanks for joining us tonight, and and congratulations on being the first, and I hope certainly not the last person who, who is a member of a rowing team who joins us here on GNAC Insider.
5: Thank you so much.
3: I've got to talk to you about rowing overall. Seattle Pacific has a very strong rowing program, and we'll talk a little bit about that in just a moment. But when you were at King's High School there, before you went to Seattle Pacific, did you ever uh, consider a day when you would be rowing for the Falcons? You know,
5: I never did. When I was younger, my bus would pick me up on Seattle Pacific's campus, and every morning I'd watch the rowing team walk home from practice, and my mom would always say, "You're going to be one of them one day, and I disagreed with her yet Here I am now so
3: all right what did i what did you participate in in high school because i I think uh, many sports fans uh, may know that A lot of rowers were excellent high school or maybe community college athletes who, again, just use their natural athletic ability uh, to become tremendous rowers like you have. What was your sport of choice in high school?
5: Yeah, so I started out swimming when I was younger, and I did swimming up until 10th grade, and then I switched over to doing track and cross-country full-time, mostly distance events.
3: Well, and you actually were a member of the middle distance team for the Falcons. You ran the 800, as I understand it, before you decided, nah, I'm going to go into the rowing uh, realm instead. What was it that, that, that convinced you that that was the right choice?
5: Um, I think it was a natural transition. I was really struggling in track, and the rowing team was on an incredible trajectory, and I just kind of wanted to jump on board with that. So with a lot of encouragement from friends and family, I quit sober, and I'm, I don't regret it at all.
3: Well, And you shouldn't because as a a sophomore, you were a collegiate rowing coaches association All-American last year. You led the Falcons to an eighth place national ranking last year in the final standings as well. So you had a tremendous year. But let's talk about track as compared to rowing. I think anybody on the surface would think, well, those are two entirely different disciplines, and certainly they are. But are there, any, are there any aspects of one that you can put to use in the other now from track to in the water?
5: Um, yeah, they're definitely different sports, but I think when it comes down to it, it's all mental. So all the things I learned from my years of running and swimming and the long endurance workouts, it's just all in your head at the end of the day. So if you can convince yourself to go long distances, you can translate that just about to any sport.
3: Okay. When you're doing the 800, you come to the starting line, you hear the gun go off and you run. What is the, when you're getting ready for a rowing event, just take me through for a moment what it would be before you go for that final stroke.
5: Um, Wow. So with rowing, it's a lot more team oriented. So however you react is how your teammates are going to react. So And Rowan, you have to be a lot more calm and mindful of what you're doing just so you're unified as a team versus with running. You have your race plan and you're doing it all on your own and you can psych yourself out. But Rowan, you have to remain calm and remember you're doing it with the team.
3: Andrew, Derek is your coach there. And uh, boy, I tell you, he's a a good one. He was a great rower himself at the University of Washington. He uh, led Central Oklahoma to become a Division II national power in the sport. And now he's done the same at seattle pacific how much has his coaching acumen uh, has been able you've been able to put to use and and how much has he been able to teach you and make you the great rower that you are today
5: um he's a phenomenal coach he has a history of turning programs around and we're so lucky to have him i don't think we'd be where we are today without him he does he does everything that a coach would normally do but he's able to create such an incredible atmosphere and he's able to get us to all buy-in. So I think the team atmosphere he's created has really made the difference with our program.
3: Jillian Edgar, junior rower for Seattle Pacific is joining us. Uh, The next time you and your team will be in action is going to be uh, coming up uh, March 9th. So a little more than a week away at the PLU invitational in Lakewood. Matter of fact, uh, you're coming off a tremendous performance. The Falcons were the top non-division one finisher at the University of Washington hosted Head of the Lake Regatta at the univers- at uh, on Lake Washington. So uh, you're coming off a great performance. What do you expect out of yourself, out of the team at the upcoming PLU event?
5: Um, yeah, so that was a great race we had this fall at Head of the Lake, and we've just improved from there. We've put down some good numbers in practice and. Just worked on focusing on every stroke, and I think we have high expectations for ourselves this year. So we're just excited to be able to put it up against other teams. Thank you. Yeah, I've,
3: ta- I've talked a lot about rowing, but you- you're more than that. You're certainly a student when it comes to student athlete. So much so that you were selected by the NCAA to serve as the GNAC's National Student Athlete Advisory Council representative. Your term uh, began the first of this month, and you will be the representative through 2021. Why, along with all of your college studies, with your rowing, why did you decide that that was an important aspect as well that you wanted to pursue?
5: Um, I really wanted to become more involved in the athletic department, not just in my sport, but just in everything that's going on. I'm super interested in what goes on behind the scenes. And there was an opening in SAC, and so that was a great opportunity for me to jump in. And then I applied for the national SAC position as well, and I was so honored to have been chosen, and I'm excited to just learn more about, more about what's going on.
3: Yeah, What are you studying at Seattle Pacific?
5: I'm studying business administration.
3: Where do you see yourself after your rowing career comes to an end?
5: I'd love to stay involved in the athletic world. I'd like to work maybe in the A or in professional sports, just in the behind-the-scenes administration work.
3: Well, Jillian, it has been an absolute joy to talk with you. Uh, when I write my memoirs, I'll always be able to look back on my first ever rowing interview. This is not only the first one on GNAC Insider, quite frankly, this is the first ever interview I've ever done with a, with a collegiate rower. And I sure appreciate your time, your candor with us tonight. Keep up the good work, and I, uh, you know, I'll look forward to maybe uh, trying to say hi to you next time I'm over there at Seattle Pacific and uh, and and shake your hand and congratulate you in person on this honor tonight.
5: I look forward to it.
3: Jillian Edgar joining Thank us tonight. You. Thank you from Seattle Pacific University. Well, time for us now to take our GNAC weekly look around. What happened around the conference last week? We are now into the final week of the regular season for men's basketball. Last week, Western Oregon became the fourth team to clinch a berth in the GNAC championships, recording two blowout victories over Northwest Nazarene and Central Washington. Four teams, Simon Frazier, Western Washington, Alaska Anchorage, and Montana State Billings, they remain in the race for the final two postseason spots. In women's action, Central Washington earned its way to Bellingham for the GNAC championships with its victory over rival Western Washington. Concordia, the Lady Vikings, Montana State Billings, and Seattle Pacific all remain alive for the last two bursts in the conference tournament. Now nationally, fifth ranked Northwest Nazarene and number six nationally, Alaska Anchorage, they remain tied at the top of the league standings. And uh, coming up a little later in GNAC Insider, we're going to talk a little bit about those two teams. In indoor track and field, the majority of the GNAC took to Seattle for the SPU final qualifier. Northwest Nazarene senior Jake Knight took the opportunity to reset his own school record in the shot put with a mark of 57 feet, 11 and a quarter inches. Now, that performance earned him the GNAC Men's Field Athlete of the Week Award, Moved him up to number three on the conference's all-time list and, probably most importantly, earned him a spot in the NCAA Division II Indoor Championship, the field for which was announced earlier today. In baseball, five of the conferences' six teams were in action last week, with Western Oregon topping both Central Washington and Concordia in single games to start off their season. And in softball, Northwest Nazarene highlighted a busy week across the league, Despite having to deal with cold and snow to post a 4-0 record on the weekend, Western Oregon currently sits at the top of the conference with a perfect 3-0 mark. Well, we are going to head on to the basketball hardwood. We talked about it. We're on the last week of the season. We're going to have the opportunity to talk with Sean Kelly, head coach of the Concordia women's basketball team. We will do that. When GNAC Insider comes back at you right after this timeout.
2: Remember, if you don't catch us live, listen to GNAC Insider over iTunes or at GNACsports.com. GNAC Insider will be right back. Seattle Pacific University is a premier Christian university where each year 4,000 students catch a vision for making a difference in the world. All across the globe, SPU graduates are making an impact in medicine, technology, athletics, business, education, music, theater, and more. SPU is dedicated to outstanding scholarship and thoughtful faith. It's a powerful combination that brings about change in the lives of graduates and in the people and communities they serve. Seattle Pacific University, engaging the culture, changing the world.
3: Welcome back to GNAC Insider. I'm Robert Lowry. Time for us now to say hello to Sean Kelly, the head women's basketball coach at Concordia. Coach Kelly, thanks for making time for us tonight, especially on what is going to be a busy weekend uh, on the GNAC Hardwood.
0: Yes, it will be. Thanks so much for having me, Rob. I really appreciate it.
3: Now your club, the reigning GNAC team of the week, you're currently riding a three game winning streak as we head into the, uh, into the closing weekend. Are the Cavaliers playing their best basketball at the right time of the season?
0: Well, I will hope so. Um, you know, we like where we're at right now. Um, I mean, obviously if you would have told me this is where we were going to be October 15th, I, I, I would have cringed a little bit, but, but, um, Right now, I think with everything that's happened throughout the year, um, I think we're being led by a group of seniors that just don't want their season to end, and and I think we're, uh, you know, probably playing the best we have.
3: Well, when you talk about your seniors, I guess uh, Keisha Sarman is going to be the one who uh, is going to come to mind, at least in the, the minds of many Cavalier fans, as uh, you won 75-61 over Montana State Billings. She had 20 points and five rebounds and five assists. And with that, the uh, reigning GNAC player of the week award goes to her as well. Uh, is she really the, the senior that is leading the squad?
0: Yeah. A lot of it is how Keish goes. Uh, we go. Um, I mean, she's been so instrumental the last four years, not just this year with everything we've accomplished in, and, and, uh, and everything we've tried to do and and uh, she's such a focal point um of what we do that um i just l- love seeing how hard and and how well she's playing right now um i mean she's probably the best defensive player i've ever coached uh men or women and uh just really excited with how she's finishing up the year and uh, and ending her senior season
3: well, she is playing well. Not only are we talking about her scoring, she's averaging 7.6 rebounds per game to lead Concordia in rebounding, too. So she is having a huge, huge year for you. But also, she's getting a little bit of help from one of your underclassmen, Olivia Bells. I knew I was going to say that wrong.
0: <laughs> Vizel, yeah, that Vizel
3: Dinos
0: Yeah, Vizel yeah. D- yeah. Oh, you can just, you can call her live. It's fine. <laughs> well,
3: she's averaging better than 15 points a game. Talk, talk about how she's developed in her sophomore year.
0: Yeah. Well, Olivia is just, uh, basically a scorer. I mean, she loves working on her game. She's a gym rat. Um, and she likes to score in every way possible. I mean, getting to the hoop, mid range, you know, three pointers. Um, and it's just something she prides herself on and, and, uh, and it's just shown. I mean, she's put in a lot of work up until this point, and uh, I mean, she was a great scorer in uh, in high school and a great scorer in junior college. And and uh, it was funny. Her dad texted me today, just you know, wondered if I thought that she would play this well, you know, this year. And and I was, you know, I said I didn't know, but I was hoping so.
3: <laughs> you, you talked a little bit about a minute ago about well, you, you really didn't want to be where you were back in October, but saying that. You round out your regular season this week. You host, or you're home. You'll have your home Cavalier crowd out to cheer you on against St. Martin's and Seattle Pacific. You get a win in either of those games, and you will clinch the program's first ever trip to the GNAC Championships. How are you preparing the team for for? Well, first of all, I guess we have to go in order. How are you preparing them for Thursday?
0: You know. J- Same old, same old. You know, this time of year, I believe less is more. Um, I think we practiced for about an hour and a half today, and probably about half of that was shooting. Um, Because, you know, at this time of year, really the most important things are legs and confidence and uh and if you have your legs and you can uh you know play 35 to 40 minutes like you know half the team has to do and and you have confidence in your shot um and confidence just in knowing what each of your teammates are going to do uh then you know that's just going to lead to good things um so we're just keeping it same old same old um making sure everybody knows what we want um on offense and uh And then just, you know, relying on the uh, fundamentals of our program, um, you know, defense rebounding, um, you know, and turnovers. Um, I'm so blessed that I have, uh, you know, just a tremendous, you know, assistant coaching staff with, uh, you know, Coach Stringer and Coach Robinson and uh, Coach Janae and Coach Ashley. I mean, they do such a tremendous job. So this time of year, um, you know, a lot of it's taken off my shoulders and, and they really take the lead on, you know, just so much.
3: I know, I'm going to take an educated guess, that talking about getting into the postseason and adding that extra level of pressure onto the team is probably something you're not doing as a coach. But when you're in the locker room and when you're around the players, is that something you hear them discussing amongst themselves?
0: You know, a little bit. They're just, I mean, they're just excited. Um, You know, there's been a a lot of success and a lot of people – you know doing a lot of things that maybe when we recruited them we thought they could do but you know just due to circumstance um over the last couple of years maybe injuries or something they just feel like um they haven't lived up their potential you know and and uh and so what I really hear is you know that they're just not finished and that they're excited to be with each other every day and they want to do it for you know each other and, and they really want to see each other succeed which is You know, just exciting as a coach, you know, because that's that's why you do it. You know, you get a group of people together. They share a common goal, and they do everything they can to reach that goal and make each other look good.
3: Well, Coach Kelly, we really appreciate your time here tonight. Big games this week for Concordia, St. Martins and Seattle Pacific. A win in either clinches a postseason berth for the Cavaliers, if you're a Concordia fan, or if you're a St. Martins or Seattle Pacific fan, head down the road. And catch these games this coming weekend. It's going to be well worth it. I'm looking forward to uh, talking with you again, Coach. And, uh, well, congratulations on on what could be a a postseason berth. And and hopefully we'll talk again on GNAC Insider not too long from now.
0: Thanks, Rob. I really appreciate it. Have a great night.
3: Thank you very much. Sean Kelly joining us tonight from Concordia University as we go around now the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Well, Let's stick with women's basketball, those games we talked about. They are part of the 11 games on the regular season schedule, as it concludes, highlighted by a meeting that could indeed decide the conference's regular season title when the co-leaders, Alaska Anchorage and Northwest Nazarene, meet Thursday night. In men's play, 12 games are on this week's schedule. First place St. Martin's will be in action two times on the road to face Northwest Nazarene Thursday and then at Central Washington Saturday to close out the regular campaign. In golf, three GNAC men's teams were in the field at the Academy of Art hosted Bay Area Invitational at TPC Harding Park in San Francisco. And as it concluded this afternoon, Western Washington won the event with a five over par final score. Concordia finished third and St. Martin's was seventh. In baseball, all six GNAC teams will be in action this week as conference play gets underway. Northwest Nazarene and Concordia will get the week started on Thursday in Portland with the Montana State Billings Western Oregon and St. Martin's Central Washington series beginning Friday afternoon. In softball, 16 games are on this week's schedule. The slate is highlighted by the opening of league play as Northwest Nazarene will travel to Simon Frazier and Western Washington will host Montana State Billings. And in football, the 2017 GNAC Coach of the Year Ian Shoemaker will leave Central Washington to become offensive coordinator at Division I Eastern Washington. Christopher Fisk, the team's offensive coordinator, was selected to assume the head coaching duties of the Wildcats effective immediately. Quick reminder that for the latest in the GNAC, you can always go to GNACsports.com to find news, stats, standings, and more. Also, you can connect with the GNAC through social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sports. You think we're done for the night? Oh, no, my friend, we're not. More coming your way on tonight's GNAC Insider right after this timeout.
2: The Wright brothers had a vision to do the impossible. Through perseverance, courage, and drive, their passion took flight. At Concordia University, this kind of revolutionary thinking is part of our DNA. Our MBA students don't learn in a lecture hall. They work as a team on actual case studies. And they appreciate how the evening, weekend, and online options make it easy to fit school into their busy lives. Free textbooks, iPads, and generous scholarships are available, too. Concordia MBA grad Dan Reese sums it up like this.
5: The connections you make in a cohort program are really powerful. You build relationships, you're solving problems together. Everyone makes a commitment to be part of this process. I've built relationships that I know I'll use through the rest of my career.
2: With the Concordia MBA, students learn to question, challenge, problem solve, and collaborate, thinking in new ways to make a positive impact in the workplace. Let your thought revolution begin at ConcordiaMBA.com. That's ConcordiaMBA.com.
3: Hey, welcome back to GNAC Insider. I'm Robert Lowery, and joining us now from Seattle, Seattle Pacific Track and Field Head Coach Carl Lerum. Coach, thanks for taking some time out tonight
1: for us. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Looking forward to talking about our team a little bit.
3: Well, I want to talk about you for just a minute. 25 Coach of the Year awards overall between indoor and outdoor track. You're in your 15th season as Head Track Coach for the Falcons, seventh directing the entire program. They're in Seattle. when you look back now on these fifteen seasons, what stands out in your mind for for you in terms of uh, the team uh, some of the individual uh, runners and and other athletes you've had what sticks uh, sticks out in your mind about that?
1: oh gosh i mean I, th- I i i've I've really been lucky to work with a lot of great Great athletes and and coaches through through my time at Seattle Pacific, and uh, you know when I look back on on, on the amount of time I've spent at, at SPU now, I just I just feel a lot of gratitude to be a part of a university like Seattle Pacific and, and a department that that values values winning and and and, and the student athlete experience. So I'm just uh, really grateful to be a part of it.
3: We talked about your mantle that is heavy with trophies, seven-time GNAC Indoor Coach of the Year, six-time West Region Indoor Coach of the Year, eight Outdoor GNAC Coach of the Year awards as well, to your credit. But, again, no coach wins simply because they coach. They have to coach and have athletes produce athletes win championships team win championships 11 GNAC indoor championship teams including this year's for the falcons 68 GNAC individual indoor champions you've had three this year you've had six NCAA indoor national champions as well so what is it about your coaching style what is it about the the effort that you were able to bring out in these student athletes that you speak fondly of to get that kind of
1: performance. Yeah. I don't know if there's any secret. I think, uh, I think, I guess, first of all, I got to inherit a program that that's, uh, you know, been, 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 uh, at women's athletics for a long time and women's track and field. And we just celebrated the life of Ken Foreman uh, a couple of weeks ago, who was one of the first, uh, you know, one of the first coaches that, that would, that coached, uh, Women at you know at the NCAA level or or Olympic level and and uh, you know it's, it's been a real tradition at Seattle Pacific for track and field and and women's track and field in particular. So, you know, I got to inherit a great uh, uh, program, got to work with uh, legend Doors Heritage and and uh, one of you know a, a host of other other coaches and and so I, I don't think there's any <laughs> secret to my style or really anybody else's style. I think you get to work in a Work in an institution and and uh, you know work with good athletes and uh, give it what you got and I think yeah, you're gonna gonna get pretty good results.
3: Well, the NCAA just announced that three Falcons are eligible for next week's indoor national championships. They'll be uh, held in Kansas. Scott Kai in the pentathlon and pole vault, Peace Igbanagwuem in the uh, long jump, in and, and uh, Kate Lilly yeah. in the mile. How how gratified how happy are you that they are going to be able to go and represent seattle pacific and obviously themselves there at nationals
1: yeah i'm super excited for those three those three kids They're, they are really uh, i think ready to go do something at the meet The uh, it's gonna uh, do the pentathlon where she's uh, right in the mix uh with some of the best athletes in the country uh, she's also going to come back and pole vault at, after after her pentathlon and Peace is a a freshman who's who's coming right right in her first uh, opportunity to compete in the national meet, and she qualified. And that's just great if you get a a chance to get in there and and, uh, start mixing it up right off the bat. So uh, excited for Peace and and our our third athlete that we got qualified was Kate Lilly, who who, uh, just has really come into her own this year uh, and last year. She had a great outdoor season, following up with a you know really. Really good cross country year, and and uh, got sick a little bit early on in, in uh, the, the indoor track season, but took advantage of her her time last weekend and and uh, ran a great indoor personal best. and, uh, You know, gave herself a put a right put, put herself right into the into the conversation in the indoor mile.
3: Now, a couple of them, Scout Kai in the pentathlon and Kate, who you're just talking about in the, in the distance medley mm-hmm. relay, they both have mm-hmm. all American credentials from a year ago. How important, yeah, right. or, or how do you, how do you use that to your advantage this year? If you've already been to the nationals once, does that give you a little bit of an edge over the competitors who haven't? I
1: think sometimes it does. I think uh, it just depends on the kid or, or, or the student athlete. I think some, some come, I've had freshmen come right away and, win national titles and I've, I've also i've also had some students who who need to see it a couple of times before they before they are you know really in comfortable enough to put their best effort out but i don't i don't think there's any rules by any means but but i i really feel like the three kids that we're bringing all have a are all set up and giving themselves a good shot to you know to, to go out there and 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 uh compete to their uh, abilities right off the bat i don't think i don't think you know, peace the freshman she's never seen it before but i, I really feel like the, the trajectory that she's on right now she'll she'll be she'll do a great job out there and scout and kate they've seen it before but i think uh i i think i think they are ready to go do something special here yeah. next week
3: carl liram the seattle pacific university track and field coach is joining us tonight here on GNAC insider And I know I talked a little bit about you off the top and and the awards that you've won as a coach, but quite frankly, you were quite the athlete in your own right. You're still on Pacific Lutheran (laughs) University's all-time top 10 in the decathlon, so you've got street cred there in terms of track and field. But I think something a lot of people may not know about you, you were on the San Francisco 49ers roster during the 1998 and 1999 preseason's and played with the Amsterdam Admirals in NFL Europe. I'd be very interested to certainly sit down and talk with you over a, a, a couple of cold beverages some night about uh, some of your time in, in in those, but what can you say? Yeah. How did you go from a Pacific Lutheran, Lutheran University decathlete to somebody who was playing for the Amsterdam Admirals in NFL Europe?
1: Yeah, <laughs> was... A- it was a wild ride. I, I, I was at PLU. Which was, we had a good football tradition. Uh, uh, and I got to play uh, under Frosty Western, who who's you know, a pretty legendary small college football coach, won a lot of football games, and, and did it in a pretty unique way. Uh, and then uh, you know, I, had, I, had, I had success uh, there at, at PLU, and, and I got to uh, sign on as a free agent to, uh, with the 49ers. And it was in their organization, uh, you know, in and out. Uh, for a couple of years, and I uh, got to have some experiences that uh yeah <laughs> that, that a lot of kids uh, uh, are uh, you know want a shot at and 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 uh I think uh more time passes its about some of those times and uh, you know can laugh and and uh appreciate them uh even though at the time you know you just you just uh, really scrap them to try to make a football team. <laughs>
3: Well, Carl, I've I really appreciated your time with us tonight here on Genac Insider. Uh, congratulations on all your success and all the success that the Falcons have had under you and, and the success to come as well because you're you're certainly not anywhere near done. And 15th season there, yes, but who knows, 15 or more maybe still to come. And, uh, again, sometime you and I are yeah. going to sit down because I want to I hear a little more about NFL Europe. I've, I've heard from some others yeah. who played over there, That was a a little bit, shall we say, uh, interesting to play football over there, and I want to hear your side (laughs) of the story. So, anyway, thanks for joining us tonight. Hopefully we'll get a chance to talk again soon.
1: I hope so, yeah. Thank you so much.
3: Carl Liram, joining us tonight, Seattle Pacific University. Well, just time now to say that'll do it for this edition of GNAC Insider. What a great show we've had. That was just a great conversation with Carl Leram. Also, thanks tonight to Sean Kelly, Concordia's women's head basketball coach, Jillian Edgar, Seattle Pacific Rower, first rower ever on GNAC Insider. And thanks to Commissioner Dave Hagland for joining us here tonight as well. Also, thanks to our producer, Connor Pelton, for another job well done. And thanks to you for joining us, too. We'll have the opportunity to do it all again on the eve of the men's and women's basketball championships next Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific, for our next edition of GNAC Insider. Until then, I'm Robert Lowry, and you can consider yourself a GNAC Insider until we talk then. Until then, so long for now.
2: Insider. An update on the NCAA's Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Remember to follow the GNAC through social media. To find us on Facebook or Twitter, search GNAC Sports and locate us on the web at GNACSports.com. GNAC Insider is a production of the Great Northwest Athletic Conference.